Ooh wee man, it has been so so long since I did one of these. It's, wow, I don't even know how to start. I don't even want to do the intro today. I, I don't even know where to start with this, my man. Okay, okay, okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. Welcome to the. This is one, two, three, four. four this is the tenth episode of Sideline Saturdays. Okay, so I gotta explain this before I get into anything that I really want to do. Episode ten of Sideline Saturdays. You guys already know what we're talking about. It's a lot of NBA talk deep dives in the NBA, but the first thing I do want to say is, I've been recording episodes, all right, I ain't done an episode in like two months, two, three months, something like that, I ain't, I've been, I've been gone, DNP for the longest now, bro, I've, injury reserve, I got a plus symbol on my shit, you know what I'm saying, thing is, I've had guests over, me and Dakota have had guests over, and recorded episodes, and my dumbass, somehow, I don't know, whenever the uploading process, whenever I decide to upload the episodes and i'm talking about guys this is like we did one episode with my friend bj one episode with my friend frank that was about almost three hours worth of content you know like uh, no five hours worth of content i tried to upload and in the process of uploading it had an error and just fucked up and i'm like how like i was ooh, that, ooh you guys don't know how angry that made me I, it made me almost want to just be like all right i just need to get off this for a while but i decided to just start to rededicate myself and you guys are can tell i'm rededicating myself i'm talking about i'm doing sideline saturdays on a fucking tuesday whatever bullshit is that but i have to me and dakota have to get together a little bit more often and a lot of that is my fault especially i haven't been as like talkative about wanting to get episodes done but i have to and i've been wanting to vent about certain issues in the nba that have been going on recently with certain players and certain teams and it's just always great to talk nba politics music a lot of the stuff that we talk about on this show it's beautiful and i love the content that we've created so far got to get back into that and that's on that's definitely on me guys for the viewers that do listen that's on me specifically why i haven't been on the show and we haven't been creating as much content as we did when we first started this uh but anyway basketball it's been so so interesting by the way it's your handsome beautiful host jelani smith 20 years old mass communication major out of south suburban college still going there still having my fun started the next semester just turned 20 on january 7th and if this episode gets recorded which i'm hoping that the uploading process doesn't fuck up then this will be my first episode my first me personally my first episode of 2020 sideline saturday's first episode of 2020 so i hope you guys enjoy um one of the things that i wanted to get into for today is kyrie irving Overall, on the Brooklyn Nets, everybody knows who's Ky- who Kyrie Irving is. Star point guard of the Brooklyn Nets. A man who's very, 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 very outspoken. And a man who's very, 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 very criticized and controversial, especially today. He's comment after comment after comment after comment after comment after comment keeps coming up. He's constantly in the news, constantly in people's mouths. And I kind of want to give my two cents today on how I feel about Kyrie Irving, what he does, and his connection between his personality and the media not only his personality but just all athletes in general their personalities compared to what the media wants them to do exactly and i understand that sideline saturdays we are a media outlet as little as we are at the moment we are a media outlet and we expect to expand but i want to give that connection i also want to talk about the lakers i mean how could you talk about the nba without talking about the lakers you have to talk about the. you got to talk about the lakers lebron james ad all those guys and the way they've been playing so well, but what I fear for the Lakers 
and pretty much just a little bit more like, you know, general NBA talk about teams. Of course, I love to talk about the Clippers. If you guys seen one of our episodes, I love, love, love and praise the Clippers. And even through their struggles in some of these games through the start of the season, you know, before All-Star break, I still believe that they are my number one team to win the NBA championship this year. I want to talk a little bit about Giannis possibly, just what's going on in the NBA in general. But for the most part, I really want to get into Kyrie Irving, dig deep into that. Kevin Durant as well, matter of fact both of them being on the Brooklyn Nets. And I want to talk about the Lakers and what I think they need in order to like confirm a championship for this year, not only this year, but the next coming years. Cause I think they have the roster to do it. They're just missing a certain something that gets them over the top that can confirm that they win a championship this year. Because I think with the, the, the roster that they have now, I think the Clippers went beat them in a seven game series. Of course, everybody's gonna have their opinion. You have to wait till playoff around playoff time to see what really happens. But I want to see them make some sort of move to get where they have to go. So as you guys can see, it's going to be a pretty packed day on sideline Saturdays. It's Jelani Smith sideline Saturdays. You guys stay tuned. My first segment will be on Kyrie Irving. Ooh, okay. Back on sideline Saturdays, you guys already know the first topic today is one that is probably, as I say normally, but really this is actually goddamn true this time. The hottest topic in the NBA probably right now is Kyrie Irving. At least the player in the most, you know, heat right now in the media is Kyrie Irving. So this makes this a perfect topic to talk about first because right now Kyrie Irving is like, he's between his comments about the glaring weaknesses of the Nets and what he said today of kind of people saying that he compared himself to Martin Luther King Jr. kind of makes it real easy for me to just sit here and talk about it and possibly get some more views because this is this is this is easy money right now. But but all all jokes aside, anybody on the show that's listened to the show knows how much I admire Kyrie Irving. And I still feel like people get him wrong in a lot of ways. And people kind of spew things out of their mouth without having any context, without understanding details. See, basketball is not this black and white game where it's like, oh yeah, since he's here and he's here, that's why that's happening. That's not the game. If it was like that, you'd probably see a game for 30 minutes and you know exactly what this, how to summarize the game. The game of basketball, if you've played it, if you understand the game, has detail. There's a lot of attention to detail brought into this. One simple play, one simple mishap can change an entire game. One shot going in for a player can change an entire game for a team, for momentum for a team. A win, like even plays that happen within the game, there's so much detail into it to sit there and talk about it for five to 10 minutes and know everything and just think in your head, yeah, 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 well this happened here and that happened there. So that's why they know there's plenty of things that happen throughout the course of a basketball game where Media outlets sit there and they talk about it and they make themselves think that they're geniuses being able to summarize this stuff in like five to 10 minutes, sometimes like three minutes when the game of basketball has so much that needs to be brought out so much in film that if you watch the game and you understand, you see, this is why this happened. This is why this happens. This is why this happened. But that takes a long time to come to those conclusions compared to what people are talking about all the time. And the first thing that I want to attack is everyone saying that the Boston Celtics are better without Kyrie Irving? The Boston Celtics have gotten off to an amazing start this year, and I think that they're, I think they're a contending team in the East. For real, they have a real chance to get out the East. 
with the shot creating that they have on the floor and Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown. Give those guys credit. They are incredible this year. They're a top-ranked offensive team. They're a top-ranked defensive team. That is, you can't question that. There's nothing you can say about that. But I want people to put context and a little bit of detail into their thought instead of just looking at Kemba Walker's on the Boston Celtics, Kyrie Irving's on the Nets. The Nets aren't doing that well. The Boston Celtics are doing that well. Boom, it must be Kyrie Irving. That, there's... There's too much involved in the game. There's too much that happened. There's a lot of moving pieces in this entire thing that, and a lot of chemistry, time, getting things together that are done in order for these things to work out the way you would like them to work out. And for the Nets, it hasn't just worked out in that way. Now, let me remind people this. I will reiterate this because I'm pretty sure when Dakota was right here sitting across from me, I reiterated all this stuff, but whatever. I'll go over it again. Kyrie Irving has played 15 games this year. 15 get remember that 15 he hasn't even played like a quarter of the season he hasn't he hasn't even played a quarter of the season he's only played 15 games like that 15 games guys not to mention on top of that he hasn't been working out and practicing with the team so he's not gelling in that way either with the team so the chemistry is a little bit off as of right now his numbers he's averaging 26 and a half points per game on 46 percent shooting from the field 36 percent from three while also averaging five rebounds and about seven assists, 6.9, give or take seven assists per game. Those are incredible numbers. Has, has it achieved winning winning like everybody wanted it to achieve as, as of right now? No. But is it really supposed to right now? You got to remember, Kyrie Irving is coming to an entirely different situation from Boston where he was playing with different players, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Al Horford, Marcus Morris, all these different guys on the court are now coming to a brand new team, brand new players, guys that he probably hasn't even talked to, some of them. He hasn't even talked to directly before. And now he has to learn how to gel with this team, and he's only played 15 games because he had a shoulder problem and it sat him out for a few months. Give the man some time. And then people will say, well, why is Kemba Walker Boston Celtics? Why are they doing so well? When Kyrie Irving's not there now, and all of a sudden you plug Kemba Walker and things are incredible. Things are looking so good, and they just blew out the Lakers, so it doesn't really help my case. But I'll try to explain that as much as I possibly can here. Let's remember, guys. Though Kyrie Irving is not this nuclear bomb everybody wants to make him. Not at all. I said it before on the show. I'll say it again. Jackie McMullen came out with a story on ESPN. Last, last year, she talked about how Kyrie Irving was upset with the team at one point, at one moment during a game, or throughout, uh, might have been a game on a back-to-back -back or something like that, the back end of a back-to-back, -back, where the team got out and they were partying and they were out clubbing the night before and they came out flat and they lost by 20 points. I cannot remember the team that they lost to. I'm sorry for that. I apologize. But that story came out. That's a true story. That's exactly what happened. Kyrie Irving was upset with those young guys and with the team for instead of preparing for the game and working out or doing whatever they had to do, icing, stretch, what, sleeping, doing things like that, they came, they went out partying, they went out clubbing, and then the next night they got whooped. And Kyrie Irving was upset at them for that. I feel like if you take that story and you look at the play of this team overall, Jalen Brown has taken his game to another level. Jason Tatum has taken his game to another level. It's not this that you take Kyrie Irving out and all of a sudden everything's just sunshine and roses. These young guys have taken the initiative. You got to remember, Jalen Brown is only 23 years old. Jason Tatum's like 22. These guys are super, 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 super young. So the fact that people were, people were talking about Boston as if they were all 30-some years old and were about to 
about to leave their primes and they're about to be old guys all of a sudden is bananas. These guys are super, super young and have so much growth. Even as good as they are now, they're only going to get better. And with Kyrie Irving being there, it was only going to get better because those young players were only going to get better. They are so young. And you've seen the improvement. Jalen Brown last year just averaged 13 points per game. Now he's up to 20 points per game on 49% shooting from the floor, 39% from three. This, just this year, this year, 13 points to 20 points per game, almost shooting 50% from the floor, almost shooting 40% from three. Jason Tatum, last year, 15.7 points per game. Now he's up to 21 and a half points per game on 43% shooting from the floor and 36% shooting from three. That is not just, we moved Kyrie Irving out and now all of a sudden, our, all of a sudden everything's just, all of a sudden we got, we found the uh, pod at the end of the rainbow. No, these young guys have taken the time, they're growing every single year and they're getting better. Another thing that people need to consider. Last year on this team, they had Marcus Morris. And Marcus, he averaged 14 points per game last year on 11 field goal attempts. Al Horford, if people remember correctly, was on this team last year. Averaged 14 points per game for the team last year. If I'm not mistaken, that's pretty close. If you combine Enos Cantor and Daniel Tice's scoring averages, he comes pretty close, if not eclipses what they're doing. They had those parts on the team last year, along with Kyrie Irving, along with Jason Tatum, along with Jalen Brown, and oh yeah, ding, ding, ding. They also had Gordon Hayward, who was just coming off a catastrophic injury last year. If people do not know, when a player comes off a catastrophic injury, a broken leg, torn Achilles, torn meniscus, torn ACL, you've seen it time and time again. The next year, that player does not come back the same player always. That does not always happen. Sure, there are exceptions. There are exceptions to everything. But for the most part, when a player comes back from a catastrophic injury and they don't have the full offseason to work out and get back to being themselves, you can't expect them to be the same player that upcoming season. You have to wait. Gordon Hayward no longer had to worry about that. There was no more injury prevention, no more super crazy rehab, no more working on it, none of that. He had a full offseason to work out, and you see it in the numbers right now. Gordon Hayward's averaging 11 and a half, last year, 11 and a half points per game on 47% from the field and 33% from three. Not bad numbers, but it was not what we were expecting when Gordon Hayward came out of Utah. This year, though, 2019-2020, so far with the Boston Celtics this year, he's looking like Gordon Hayward again. 16.3 points per game on 51% shooting from the field and 36% shooting from three. That is not just Kyrie Irving all, all of a sudden leave the Boston Celtics and now everybody just get, all of a sudden everybody's overall increases by five. Like that's not how that happens, guys. There are moving pieces. As I told you before, Marcus Morris and Al Horford were on this team last year. Gordon Hayward's coming off a catastrophic injury. Those young guys had to share shots with the rest of the team. Guys who were getting minutes. There was a system to be run. You have mouths that need to be fed. Everybody on that team has a little bit of an ego. Everybody wants to get their shots. Kyrie Irving's supposed to be spearheading this entire thing. A lot of people were telling him, you're not sharing the ball. I watched games last year. Kyrie Irving was sharing the ball. Guys were not hitting shots. And that's no, 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 no disrespect at all to the Boston Celtics and the young core that they have together. That's just the case and matter. Whatever it may have been, they were not hitting shots last year. So then at times, Kyrie Irving would take it in his hands to shoot the ball more and be more aggressive because he understood that that's what they had to do in order to win from time to time. That's what he had to do. Hit more shots because the young guys were struggling a little bit getting the shots to fall. Now that you have less pieces, not just Kyrie Irving, Al Horford, Al Horford is, not, is gone now, so that's less shots. Marcus Morris is gone, that's less shots. Gordon Hayward is a better, is 
back to being Gordon Hayward. And that improved the team. When you get those young guys more shots, you're going to see them shine a little bit more. Kemba Walker, a lot of people say, and Kemba Walker's been incredible this year. Nobody's saying Kemba Walker is not an all-star level player, an elite point guard in the NBA. He absolutely 100% is. And anybody that does not think that, uh, cocaine is a very, <laughs> cocaine is a, or crack is a, what is it? Crack is a, stay away from crack. I'll just say it like that. But, ooh, that rhyme. But, Kemba Walker is an incredible player, an elite talent in the NBA. For sure, absolutely 100%. Nobody should disagree with that, with that statement I just made. But, when you're talking about the, Boston Celtics, who have been playing with each other under Brad Stevens' system for years now. And you ins- you go from Kyrie Irving to Kemba Walker, similar players, scoring point guards, score first point guards, who are close in points per possession. Kemba Walker this year is averaging 1.04 points per possession. Last year, Kyrie Irving was averaging 0.98. Now, we're not even at the All-Star break yet. So Kemba Walker could possibly go down in points per possession, but they're awfully close in that matter. When you bring a player like Kemba Walker in, it's almost like inserting, Ky- it's almost, it's, it's similar to Kyrie Irving. So these young guys didn't have to adjust. They didn't have to adjust their games too much to him. Now they have less pieces. There's more space for them to move around. There's more shots for them to be taken. And when you have a guy like Kemba Walker, who's similar to Kyrie Irving, sets up the offense the similar way that Kyrie Irving does. It's the si- if you look at it, guys, it's the same exact set plays for the most part. They don't run too many things different. They run the exact same things. It's just that there's more freedom for these young guys to go ahead and take shots and Kemba Walker is playing great basketball but it's not like Kyrie Irving wasn't playing great basketball last year this was just a different team so many miles being fed you're gonna see some young guys struggle struggle to get into a rhythm get into a flow especially when they're young and and just not even having haven't even scratched the surface of their potential like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown they're not even scratching the surface. These guys are incredible basketball players, and you're going to see when they turn 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, how good they can really be. Right now, 22, 23 years old, they don't even, I mean, they're, they probably know how good they can be, but you guys will see how incredible. They're going to be a championship contending team in the East for a long, for some time now, for, they're gonna, for a long time coming. This is going to be a really good basketball team at the end of the day. But does Kyrie Irving deserve blame? Is it, is, it as sim- is it as black and white as Kemba Walker gets swapped for Kyrie Irving and now our team is different? No, it's not that simple at all. There were other moving pieces. There were guys who were struggling last year who have now more freedom, more incentive to go out there and go play well. Their defense was incredible last year. Their defense is incredible this year. Their offense was great last year. Their offense is great this year. There's not too much that's changing. Not as much as people want to say that Kyrie Irving was accountable for it. And as far as the Nets go, like I said, Kyrie Irving is coming into an entirely different situation, only playing 15 games and having minimal practices with this team. Can we give him 82 games, more than 82 games, to get situated in this situation? There's no Kevin Durant. Karis LeVert has struggled this year. Spencer Dinwiddie's role has been changing due to the to, to Kyrie Irving's injury, so he's not exactly there with Kyrie Irving in terms of gelling yet. This entire team's not there, not there yet. They're just not there at the moment because their pieces are not all the way there and they haven't been able to have a lot of court time. Everybody remembers, and I'm not saying the Brooklyn Nets or the Miami Heat, but everybody remembers when Miami, the Miami Heat came in and they were struggling. That's because it's a brand new team coming in. There are new pieces to be, there are new pieces. There are guys who haven't played with each other. And when you're having pieces like a LeBron or a Chris Bosh come in, somebody love that nature, who are 
especially LeBron, who's a ball, you're going to have a little bit of struggle. You're going to have some growing pains. That's what the Brooklyn Nets are going through right now. But you go through those growing pains in order to find success. And I think ultimately, when Brooklyn is healthy, added that they add that piece, they are a championship level team in the NBA. Now, I think I said everything that I needed to say. If you guys don't believe me and you just believe, well, no, it's not. I still believe it's just Kyrie Irving. He's the one that did all this. You go ahead and do what you do. I provided you with the numbers. I told you what exactly happened, what pieces were moved, which ones are playing better right now. Not because Kyrie Irving is gone, but simply because they've grown another year. One guy had a catastrophic injury. And now one year after that, he's playing better simply because he had the full offseason to work out. And there's more space out on the court without Al Horford, Marcus Morris being out there on the floor as well. It is not just Kyrie Irving because Kemba Walker is playing similar to Kyrie Irving right now. That's the matter of fact, guys. That's that's simple. These young guys are taking on the initiative and they want to be great and they're doing it as of right now. But I want to get into the quotes and man, I'm running time right now, but this is this is important to me right now. I want to say this briefly. Kyrie Irving recently said to the media, to the media, and I think that was his one mistake. He said recently to the media that the Nets are missing one or two, it's glaring, one or two pieces in order for them to reach an NBA title, to compete for an NBA title. Said that to the media. And he mentioned certain players, but did not mention others. Effectively, you know, throwing the players that he didn't mention under the bus in a sense, right? And he went back and he said, you know, I could have worded that differently, been more inclusive with everybody. That's my fault. He apologized for that. But... The one thing I will say about Kyrie Irving in that instance, right? You can say that, and he's probably correct. As far as I'm concerned, I think the Nets need another piece. Now, everybody can look and be like, well, they have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. What else do you need? You got to remember, in relation to every other team in the East, they need another piece in terms of one or two, considering the Brooklyn Nets this year. And it doesn't matter if Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant is on the floor. The perimeter defense is just not there for them at the moment. And they need more perimeter defenders. Probably a little bit more three-point shooting out there, possibly. You can never not have enough three-point, like, never have enough three-point shooting. But especially defenders on the perimeter. When you look at Spencer Dinwiddie, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, who was a solid defender, they're all, they're all good, right? But in the East, against some of these great teams that have shot creators and that are able to create good offense, you're going to need a little bit extra going on for you. And you can just see with the way Brooklyn has to build their chemistry. With Kevin Durant even coming back, you still just need to, you want to assure yourself when you're going up against these other teams that are also building great teams. Like, it's not like they're not thinking we need to add another piece as well. They're thinking the same thing. I mean, everybody's looking at the Lakers and everybody, and I will say this, the Lakers are missing one piece. As good as they are right now, what the record says, they're missing one piece. And to me, it's glaring. To other people, it may be, well, they got LeBron and AD, they should just win. No, 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 no. That's not how this game works. This is not 2K, right? This The, the difficulty is not on rookie. We can't just switch and be like, well, now LeBron's going to score 70 because I made the, I put the game difficulty on rookie. There are other teams who are doing other things and you have to be able to combat that. And just having two players and expecting everything to work is not how it works. The supporting cast has to be at maximum, especially in the league today with all the talent on these teams. Do I think Kyrie Irving could have said it better? absolutely 100% I think he could have said it better I will be the first one to say that he could have said that a little bit more a little bit better been more inclusive that's a thing now today for people who do not know 
that he's been getting a lot of heat today from people for saying what he said, comparing himself to Martin Luther King and himself, and I, Martin Luther King to himself, and I have the full quote right here. He says, when I was out for those seven weeks and not saying anything, and still, people are still saying things about me. It's inevitable, right? He goes on to say, he continues. They crucified Martin Luther King for speaking about peace and social integration. You can go back to historical leaders and great people in society that do great things, and they're still going to talk shit about them. It is what it is. Now, people take this, there's so many different ranges for this quote. I'm not gonna sit here and act like I'm climbing to Kyrie Irving's mind and know exactly what he's saying. But my guess is he wasn't directly comparing himself to Martin Luther King, guys, come on now. I think Kyrie Irving has a little bit more sense than to think that he is directly he is directly Martin Luther King. Like, he is a reiteration of Martin Luther King. I don't think that's what he's saying here, guys. I don't think that's what he's saying at all. And first off, one of the things that I first got from this is, so what? Why is ESPN, FS1, all these different people talking so much and criticizing him for this quote? It doesn't even matter. Think about it. It doesn't matter. It's We're talking about basketball here. What he says outside of the court, yes, you can go on ahead and, but come on, y'all, that's theatrics at that point. To sit there and try to assassinate somebody's character just based off of something they say like that, that doesn't have anything to do with basketball. In the media here, and we are part of the media, Sideline Saturdays is part of the media. There is an attempt to assassinate players' characters in order to build ratings, in order to create divisiveness, because in this world, in the world in general, divisiveness creates ratings, creates viewers, creates tension, right? That's how that works at the end of the day. As far as what he's saying, actually, though, I don't have a problem with it. And the reason I don't have a problem with him saying that, they, cruci they crucified Martin Luther King for, for speaking about peace and social integration, him saying that, what's wrong with aspiring to be like somebody like Martin Luther King? What is wrong with that? Why as African-Americans, as people in general, do we like to tear people down when they want to aspire to be something? When somebody has a vision, when somebody is confident in themselves, when somebody is ambitious, why is that a thing? Martin Luther King himself had an ego. Malcolm X had an ego. Gandhi had an ego. All these guys had a huge, maniacal ego. If they didn't, they wouldn't be the people that they are. They wouldn't be the historical figures that they are. If they didn't have that vision, if they didn't have that confidence in themselves, they didn't have that ambition to want to do something like that, to be able to do something like that, there's nothing wrong with aspiring to be like somebody like that. Misery likes company, guys. And in this world, I can say this personally, people don't like a person that's fully secure within themselves. People don't like a person who is confident or has big dreams or has vision or has ambition. That's not always the case. And I think Kyrie Irving is not saying that I am Martin Luther King Jr. He is trying to aspire to be somewhat like that. And who wouldn't want to be like Martin Luther King Jr.? Anybody, y'all can sit here and everybody can decipher the quote. That's my taking up exactly what he's saying here. There's nothing wrong with him wanting to be like that. You have to love yourself. You have to love and want to be that. There's nothing wrong with that. As a podcaster, and I'm sure Dakota has the same vision, we have a certain vision. It's pretty damn high. There's nothing wrong with that. It is not offensive in any way 
to in some way compare that's not offensive because that's not what he's trying to do he is not saying i am martin luther king jr or what i'm doing i am martin luther no he's not saying that at all i aspire it's similar it's almost elevating a situation to the point where people can understand kind of the the, the levels of what he's talking about but mostly just aspirations inspiration Martin Luther King of what he does. And to be honest with you, in a lot of ways, Kyrie Irving, he does get a lot of criticism. Is he crucified? That word, you know, that word not necessarily is needed. But criticized in a way, absolutely. And for things that don't matter. Let me explain something. And I want to, I don't want to get, I don't want to dig too deep here. I have, I have more things to talk about. But essentially, people... Like, I've heard people say this, and I've heard a plenty of it, matter of fact. I've been reading a lot of YouTube comments today over Kyrie Irving's Martin Luther King comment that was made. And a lot of people tell him, just shut up and play basketball. Just let your game do the talking. Don't talk. Essentially, and you guys don't realize this, maybe you do. Maybe you do and you just don't care. Essentially... People are telling Kyrie Irving and guys like Kevin Durant to just shut up and dribble. We don't realize, maybe you don't realize that's what you're saying, or maybe you do. That's an oppressive way of thinking. Everyone tells, Ky tells Kyrie Irving to not express his opinion and just play basketball. People are trying, media outlets and people in general are trying to take away his right as a human being to speak his mind, to show his personality. So now when players try to show their personality, when players try to express how they feel, they constantly get the criticism. They not only do they get the criticism, matter of fact, they get told to shut up. Not even just criticism, because criticism, it might be a little bit different, but they get told to shut up. You're, you're an athlete. You're just a basketball player. Go out there and go play basketball. I want to be entertained. That's essentially what you guys are saying. Go ahead and just play. That's all you got to do. Just play. Athletes more and more want to speak their mind on things because they understand that they have a voice. There's a platform for them to platform for them to talk. If people cannot understand what they are saying, that does not mean that you just tell them to shut up and dribble. It does not mean that you tell them to shut up and play or let your playing do the talking on the court. That's an oppressive way of thinking. That's telling another human being that he shouldn't talk. How and in what way is that fair? No way whatsoever. On top of that, Media outlets, and I would say this, watching media, trying to study it, and in a way kind of being a part of it along with Dakota. Media outlets, you guys realize this, right? Media outlets purposely ask athletes questions to get a soundbite. They purposely do, you can tell. They're asking a question in order to get a soundbite from a player and try to make them say controversial things. Then when an athlete says anything, Within the ballpark, within the vicinity of that, the media outlets go on TV the next day and they criticize and judge that athlete's response. What sense does that make? That would be like me robbing your house and then being like, well, your, your alarm system sucks. That's why I'd be, go get your alarm system fixed. What? You're the one doing the malicious thing, not me. You're the one doing the malicious thing. That's disgusting. That's purely disgusting for, and some people will say, well, Kyrie Irving should know better. But then again, you're also taking away his right to be himself, to truly express himself, which is something that athletes have been fighting for for the longest, to be themselves, to not give the vanilla answers that everybody gets from them. Why, does, why don't athletes really, because they can't, because if they do, they know people are gonna come after them. And not only that, it would be something different if these media outlets 
We're just telling it how it was. You know, da 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 da. No, they're going to say something that's going to get them ratings. That's the point. That's what makes it malicious. So they take, so they ask these questions to these players to try to get sound bites, try to get controversial things out of them to say. Sometimes they're mincing words a lot of times. That's really what they do. So after they ask them the controversial question, they go on TV the next day and they sensationalize what these players say and try to build this big headline or big narrative so that they can get ratings, so that they can get viewers, so they can get people to say, whoa, yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly. As a media outlet, we have a responsibility as well. We have a platform as well. We have power as well. And part of our power is to be realistic, to tell it how it is, because we, we influence a youth. A lot of these youth, they just spit out what these analysts, quote unquote, experts say. Seriously, they just spit it out because they want to sound smart. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what I want to say, but I couldn't say it like that. So I'm going to just say it like how you said it, because that's what I was thinking, but I couldn't get the right words to say it. That's really what it is. So now you have youth running around. You have full grown adults running around saying certain things about players that just aren't true. Kyrie Irving needs to shut up. Kyrie Irving doesn't know what he's talking about. Kyrie Irving is one of those people. Is he right all the time? Absolutely not. That's just the, that's the math of a human being. They're not always going to be right about something. They're going to, they're going to fuck up. They're going to even Kevin Durant, LeBron James, he fucks up sometimes. That's just how it is. But at the end of the day, he's being outspoken. He's doing what athletes are afraid to do because media outlets scare them into not doing it. That's the truth. That's why it's important to understand that what he's doing right now, what Kyrie Irving is doing right now, is it always right? No, but I applaud him for doing what he's doing because he's not backing down. He's not backing down whatsoever. And what people don't realize, another thing that I will say, probably my last point or one of my last points as well, they say Kyrie Irving is a distraction to the team. Now, when he said that thing about the one glaring weakness, they need this, and we only, he only mentioned a few players and not mentioned the entire team. Like I said, that wasn't exactly, he could have worded that better. But after he said that, he probably just called his teammates, hey guys, you know, I didn't, I didn't mean any harm in saying what I said, da 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 No hard feelings. I just, I could have chose my words better. I didn't mean to throw you under the bus like that. I didn't mean to say it like that. It just, you know, sometimes I'm a human being at the end of the day. I didn't say the exact right thing. I'm sorry. And his teammates were probably like, his teammates were probably like, it's okay. We no hard feelings at all. We're gonna go on. We're not gonna let this distract us. But this is where the Kyrie Irving is a distraction becomes kind of funny to me. After Kyrie Irving says what he says, he's not the distraction because, like I said, he probably just got to his teammates and was like, Yeah, you know, I'm sorry. And his teammates were like, Yeah, no hard feelings whatsoever. We're all cool, whatsoever. The distraction comes in when media starts creating things and starts insinuating things and throwing things out. That's when you're marginalizing an athlete's voice. That's when you're oppressing an athlete's voice, a way of thinking, just being who they are. Now all of a sudden you're like, well, not no. The only people in the locker room are the Brooklyn Nets. Those are the only people. The Brooklyn Nets are the only. They're the only people in the locker room. That's it. Just them. So whatever goes on the locker room, it's not supposed to be for everybody to know, right? So they probably just figured it out. It's all peaceful. But now all of a sudden they're getting. These, con- these very controversial sound bitten kind of questions from these media outlets asking them, hey, no, it's not. A- that's when it becomes a distract. That's when it becomes a distraction. That's when it becomes a problem. When media outlets start making up things, insinuating things, telling athletes what they need to think about Kyrie Irving. That's when it becomes an issue. Ky- like I said, it's like you go. It's like me going to rob your house and saying that you fucked up because your alarm system is messed up. 
That's stupid. That's asinine. That's dumb. And as I say, as media, we have a serious, we have more influence than a lot of these athletes do. That's legit. Media outlets have more influence than these athletes do. Because what they're saying is analysis of the game. It's for people who don't play basketball, but are fans of basketball and want to know more about basketball. So when the players don't speak and aren't able to give expert analysis on the way they play every single day, they listen to analysts who are supposed to be trustworthy. And when these analysts are only only sometimes trying to analyze just to give you a rating, to give a story, that's when it becomes not about the game anymore. It's theatrics at that point. It's a drama. It's a Shakespeare movie. A Shakespeare play, I should say, rather fact. And that in itself, that's not fair. And if you're into that, if you're into theatrics, you're into drama, you're into all the divisiveness and you don't want basketball, you don't want the game, you just want to hear about, you want to hear about some comment or you want to hear about what this guy dresses or you want stuff like that, then I'm sorry, you don't want to, then I'm sorry, you ain't a real basketball fan. You are, you're not a casual, I don't want to say all that, but you really don't want to know basketball at a high level if that's what you're into, if that's what you're kind of on the show to do. That's what it is at the end of the day. A lot of times in sports, media outlets run out of topics. They don't know what to talk about. So they just make up stuff. Well, let's put, and it doesn't even make sense a lot of times. So please, people. I gave a long analysis. (laughs) Number one, I gave a really long analysis. Understand that media outlets are part of oppressing athletes and making them be these vanilla, very, very basic answer type of people. Because you get assassinated. Your character gets assassinated. As soon as you say something that's a little bit out of the norm, then all of a sudden you're a target now. And you're a target to any one of these sound-bitten headlines that they want. And they don't care that your character gets assassinated or that the truth doesn't come out. All they care about is getting their viewers, getting their ratings, getting people to watch the show. That's why you have over-the-top characters in a lot of media outlets. People that have biases. You think people are that... You think people hate LeBron James that much that they're willing to sit? That doesn't happen for, especially for an expert analysis. No, that's not the case at all. That's a character. That's a person who has a derived role and is supposed to be saying something in order to cause divisiveness and to cause ratings and for people to view into the show. That doesn't help an athlete. That doesn't tell the story of an athlete. And that's what you're supposed to be doing. In a sense, media outlets are PR. They are PR for athletes. They're the one that hold the images. They're the one that create the narratives. That's them. And youth, adults, listen because they want expert, quote unquote, expert analysis. So, is there anything else I want to get off my chest? Oh, oh shit. I just, said a, I just said a mouthful right there. I had no notes with me either. I had a little bit of notes, but I, I didn't have that many notes. <laughs> I don't have 30 minutes worth of notes. So, uh, do I have anything else that I really want to say? Well, for one, stop telling athletes to shut up and dribble, number one. It's probably not good for you guys to tell another grown man what he should be doing with his life, especially when it doesn't affect him on the basketball court at the end of the day. Like Kevin Durant, even though he talks on Twitter and he's going at people that, be honest with you, don't know basketball, it doesn't affect him on the court. He just keeps playing. He does his thing. Kyrie Irving just keeps playing. It'd be one thing if these guys were just all of a sudden playing like shit. They play great. It doesn't matter. It almost fuels them in a sense. It doesn't bother them at the end of the day. 
So is it, does it really bother you that that Kevin Durant goes on Twitter? Does it really ruin your day? Does it make you not sleep at night? Are you not comfy in bed because Kevin Durant said something on Twitter? Is your day ruined? Is your coffee is your coffee all of a sudden taste like ass because Kevin Durant said something because Kyrie Irving said something? Does it really is your life really dependent on what they saying? Is it really is it really like that for you? Because if it is, you probably need to find something for yourself. And that's that's pretty much that when it comes to Kyrie Irving and Kevin Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets and really just athletes and media outlets in general. We have to let these athletes speak at the end of the day. Speak. Let them speak. Let them talk. And instead of just jumping to conclusions and saying, I don't like Kyrie Irving because he once said that the earth is flat, so now I'm just going to take this comment that he said right now and I'm going to assume that it's stupid. No. Understand what he's trying to say. Try to decide, have a little bit more positivity, compassion for what these athletes are going through a lot of times. You think that they're just making millions and their life is just all cute and nut. They're human beings at the end of the day. They're human beings. And their images are held in the hands, not by them necessarily, but by media outlets. And when these media outlets don't necessarily have the highest of morals, then it becomes an issue. That's why athletes act the way they react sometimes. And that's just the truth of the matter. Stay tuned on Sideline Saturdays. It's Jelani Smith with you. I'm going to be talking about the Lakers and what I think they need in order to get a championship this year. Stay tuned. We are back on Sideline Saturdays. This is going to be the last segment probably. Yeah, it's going to be the last segment for... Um, this episode so i only got two segments for you guys i'm sorry i'm i'm slacking it's my first day back on the job i'm a little bit rusty all right but as i promised i want to talk a little bit about the lakers and i'm pretty sure i've already talked about this before but i'm going to keep reiterating this to people that do listen to the show what i feel like and if i'm proven right i i don't know what to tell y'all y'all should probably start listening to me a little bit at least a little pay me a little bit more attention if i'm right about this the Lakers, they've got on to an incredibly good start. They have the second best overall record in the NBA just behind the Bucks, And they've dominated throughout. They have two MVP-level candidates in LeBron, candidate players in LeBron James and Anthony Davis. LeBron James has been sublime with the passing and the scoring ability. Anthony Davis has been incredible on both sides of the ball. And overall, this team is, I believe, their third in defensive rating this year, just behind Milwaukee and Toronto. This is an incredibly well-built team. But as I have said, and I'm pretty sure I've said this before, but I will say it again and I will continue to say it throughout the season. And when things unfold in the playoffs, the Lakers are missing one thing and it's not a defender. It's not another passer. It's not a rebounder. They, they sure as hell don't need any more of that. With, between JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis, I'm pretty sure they're okay and lebron james and everybody crashing the boards i'm pretty sure they're okay rebounding wise with lebron james and rajon rondo being out there and being the incredible floor generals that they are they don't need any more passing and they don't need any more defenders they're the number three ranked defense in the nba which is better than a lot of these championship teams have been they are an incredible defensive team incredibly long all of them have great lateral quickness stay in front of their man they play great team defense and they lead the league in blocks this year well-built team from the ground up. They're just missing one thing, and that would be another shot creator next to LeBron James and Anthony Davis. That's truly, that's that's it. As I have told you guys throughout this season, if you watch the games, and I can't necessarily prove it to you now, but just because the team, just because one team has 
the best record or the second best record. That doesn't mean they're the best team. That doesn't always mean that. The Lakers have gotten onto an incredibly hot start this year. They're an incredible, incredible basketball team. And if they get a shot creator, in my opinion, they're they're probably gonna win a they're gonna win the championship this year. Probably they're that good. But with the Clippers and what they bring to the table between Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Lou Williams, those three guys. When you have those three guys on the floor, when you, the Clippers in general, as good as they are, they're good defensively. They're seventh in the league right now in defensive rating. Some people would have thought they were first. Obviously, Kawhi Leonard's missed some games. Paul George has missed some games. Lou Williams has even missed some games. So, you know, they're missing players out of the lineup in certain points. So they're not as, the record is not as fancy as, you know, the Lakers, or it's not as good as the Bucks or some of these other teams out here. But when it comes down to it, the Clippers are so good defensively, they're not gonna, they're never not gonna be in a game, especially in the playoffs when Kawhi Leonard really turns on that switch, and that's why he's doing the load management thing, guys. I think I've talked about this before. He's doing it so that he can be ready for when playoff time comes around, he's able to deliver the way that they want him to deliver these things. A little bit on the egotistical side, you can say, but it is absolutely positively true. You need to keep your body healthy throughout the regular season, especially when you know you can do that. They're the second seed right now in the, in the West. They keep it like that, they keep it at third. They pretty, they, in my opinion, they can beat any team in the West. Any team in the West. So no matter, as long as they don't have to face the Lakers in a first round series or even a second, they don't, they're not too worried about what seed they get. They're not too worried about that at all. You just don't want to see the Lakers early. That's it. It's the only thing you're worried about pretty much at that point. Because the rest of these teams, I think they can... Not that these other teams in the West aren't great. I mean, the Mavericks have been incredible this year. We all know about the Nuggets. OKC has been quite a surprise this year, although I shouldn't have been surprised. They are impressive this year. They're incredibly impressive. The Jazz are... Man, they're hot right now. With Jordan Clarkson being in addition to that team, they've added a piece that they've been missing for some time now, which is another shot creator next to Donovan Mitchell. But when it comes down to late in games, and we all know the playoffs, late game situations, the Clippers have three guys they can go to on the basketball court. People say, well, you know, you can get Lou, Lou Williams and Paul George, and you ain't got to worry about them. Just go get Kawhi. Yeah, I, I, you probably can hold PG and Lou Williams off for one game, maybe two. You ain't getting them for an entire series. So if they have that mentality coming in where we're really just worried about Kawhi Leonard and we're not worried about PG, who might just be a better offensive player than Kawhi Leonard, to be honest with you. And Lou Williams, who is good as anybody in fourth quarter situations, and when his team needs a bucket, he can get him in. That's what I say in this league. And the guy who uh, founder ball, ball don't stop. I can't pronounce his name. I am very sorry. People give him flack, but he's correct in that sense. At the end of the day, this comes the game comes down to hoopers. It comes down to shot creation at the end of games. Can you get me a bucket without you needing a screen, without you getting a set play? Just you going one-on-one with your defender. That's what it comes down to a lot in these games. Cleveland winning their championship over, over the Warriors when they were down 3-1. Not only did they have LeBron James who was playing out of his mind, Kyrie Irving. If you don't have Kyrie Irving in that series, you don't win the series. And I absolutely mean that. I'm not just saying that because I'm some sort of Kyrie stand or a Kyrie, whatever y'all want to call me. I absolutely positively mean that. He went bananas the last few games in that series, hit a big shot at the end. And without him being able to put pressure on the Warriors' defense, them having to have Iguodala, Klay Thompson, Livingston, all these different guys who couldn't who couldn't do anything with him in that series, they don't win. He's a shot creator. He is somebody that's important, especially down the stretches. When you need a bucket, he can get you that bucket. And that's why... I Love Kawhi Leonard in his game so much, especially last year, because every time the Raptors needed a bucket, 
And they couldn't go anywhere on offense. They were shut down another play. The set plays the Warriors already knew. They weren't able to get anything going. We just said, hey, Kawhi, you go ahead and go do your thing over there. We'll be standing over here waiting. And Kawhi Leonard delivered almost every single time, along with the help of Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet hitting big shots, and Pascal Siakam. Jordan back in the days. Of course, everybody loves Jordan. He's considered the GOAT. But one great thing about Jordan, important thing, when his, when the Bulls needed a bucket, every time he delivers. And in this league nowadays, you need two of those guys. One of them isn't going to work. Not against these teams. It's too The league is too skillful now. The league is too talented for just one guy to try to beat a team. One one shot creator to beat a team. Not one guy, but one shot creator to beat a team. Beat a team. And against a team like the Clippers that are elite defensively on the perimeter with Hounds, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and, and Patrick Beverly, they're going to need somebody else that's going to be able to take the pressure off you. Hence, why the Rockets have looked... They look like a team that the Clippers will have some trouble against. Russell Westbrook and James Harden, you have your focus so much on James Harden, they forget that Russell Westbrook can attack and get into the teeth of the defense and create a lot of havoc because the Clippers are not that big up top, I mean down low. But that's what I believe the Lakers are missing. If you look at all LeBron James, if you look at all LeBron James-led teams, I I don't even like saying that, but it is what it is. LeBron James has another shot creator out there on the floor, whether it be D-Wade or whether it be Kyrie Irving. Those are the guys that he had to take the pressure off of him on the perimeter a little bit to get everybody a shot and to get himself a shot at the same time. That works in some series. It can work. LeBron James is that talented. He's that good. But against the teams, the heavyweights, as they call them, it's not going to work. It's never going to work. And it never will work for any player out there on the floor. You have not, especially in these days, you're going to need another one right next to you. Kyle Kuzma, absolutely adore his game. Think he's an incredible player. I don't think he should be traded from that roster. I, I think he deserves to be on that team. It is very hard considering that he's considered the third scoring option, right? And he's young. He's coming off injuries. He didn't play in Team USA because of the injuries. People don't remember when Kevin Love, he was the third option on the Cavs. Chris Bosh, third option on the Heat. They struggled. They struggled mightily, and people were like, what's going on with them? They're not playing the same. They're not the same. They're not the same. That's because when you come onto a team where you're adjusting to be the third option, it's going to be on a LeBron James-led team, which we all know the, the offenses run a little different around there. For Kyle Kuzma, who's a young player, and trying to still prove himself, it's very, very hard. Very. It's the, it might be one of the more difficult jobs you have to do, especially considering that this Lakers team is supposed to win a championship and everybody's looking at you and like, why aren't you playing well? Well, if you look back at all third scoring options, they've all struggled. And it's not even the all-star break yet. And people are talking about trading him. Like I say, my opinion personally, I don't think he should be traded. He has to get used to it. And it takes him more than just a half a season. It's going to take him some time to figure this out. But I think they need another shot creator because I believe Kyle Kuzma, although he's supposed to be that guy, Kyle Kuzma is very good, is pretty good off the catch, but he's more of a one-two dribble kind of guy. He's not one of them guys that'll give you a little bit of shake, create a shot by getting separation and then shooting it. He's not one of those guys. And if you pay attention to the games, you'll understand what exactly what I'm talking about. He's a jab and go guy, a jab and shoot guy, a jab, go one way and drip one dribble or two dribbles, pull up. That's who he is. That's the type of player he is. <clears throat> You need a little bit more shake in your game in order to get guys going, especially against these these great defensive teams. In the East especially. 
Let's say the Lakers do make it to the finals. Those guys on the perimeter for the for the Clippers. I mean, I'm sorry, not for the Clippers, for the for Milwaukee Bucks, Toronto Raptors, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Boston Celtics, whatever team you're going, they're all top defenses in the NBA. You're going to need somebody out there that can create a play for themselves besides LeBron James out on the perimeter. That ha it, it's a it's a requirement. And if you don't have it, I can't see them beating the Clippers. I can't see it. Now, will they give the Clippers? run for their money absolutely i can see that being a seven game series six seven game series i can absolutely see it especially with the whole la versus la i, I can see that absolutely but i think the clippers end up winning that series because down the stretch of games you are going to need somebody else who can take the pressure off especially when your first option is not there for you and for the clippers it's 1a 1b with Ka Kawhi Leonard and paul george i'm gonna be real with you it's 1a 1b take your pick it is what it is pick your poison and we got Lou Williams, and you saw what he did against the Warriors last year. Every time they needed a bucket to keep him in the game, he did it for them. He delivered every single time. One of the best at drawing fouls, one of the best at creating a shot for himself in the NBA. You saw Kevin Durant, and this ain't no, it ain't no spike to any other player in the league. It's not like he's trying to hate on nobody. The five toughest players he said he ever, he's guarded in the NBA, this, currently in the NBA. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Lou Williams were all on that list. Of course, that's Kevin Durant's opinion. But, I mean, Kevin Durant's a solid, he's pretty solid, you know. He's an NBA player. He's somebody that would know a thing or two about scoring the basketball and what it means to be a tough gu tough guard in the NBA. So him putting them three guys down? I know the Lakers are good on the perimeter. I know that. They're, they're good on the, they're very, very solid on the perimeter. They have perimeter defenders all around. But when it comes down to it, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Lou Williams can create shots on the perimeter. Any one of them. Any one of them, they can hit you with one from a catch and shoot three as well. Whatever they need to do, they will be able to absolutely do it down the stretch. And they can lock down with guys like Patrick Beverly being out there and energy guys like that. Montrez Harrell who are able to keep balls alive. 50-50 balls are always going to be theirs. Charges. Tough defensive assignments. That's going to be, that. that's them. That's the Clippers. They're built to do this. The regular season, it is what it is. They're built for the playoffs. That is exactly what they are. They are built for the playoffs. And if the Lakers want to win a championship this year, there's going to be, have to be some, without another shot creator out there, they're going to have to do some heavy lifting between LeBron and AD in certain situations in the game. They have to find that another piece out there on the floor. That's why I like Brooklyn so much. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, there probably aren't two guys in the NBA who you would take over there in terms of, give me the who, last shot, I need to win this game, who am I going to pick? You're probably picking Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving first. Dame Lillard is also up there. LeBron James all, all also up there. You know, there are guys up there who are... But Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, those might be your first two picks a lot of times. Those are my first two picks. Or you can sub them out with, you know what I'm saying? But that's really what it, that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. It's about getting a bucket. The game of basketball, the object, put the ball in the basket more than the other team puts the ball in the basket. And if that's the case, the Clippers, they got it down at a premium right there. And people are going to see it. Obviously, just the regular season, they've, they're 2-0 against the Lakers. Everybody's like, well, it's the regular season. LeBron's different in the playoffs, which is absolutely true. Absolutely true. But there's a reason why Kawhi is doing what he's doing. There's a reason why this team is not playing it. They're gelling. They're only going to get better. And when it comes down to these situations, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Michael Jordan, a dang, somebody, people like that, a LeBron. That's what you need down there on the floor in order to help get your team across 
to get your team to the finish line, that has to happen. And for the Lakers this year, you see one perimeter shot creator out there in LeBron. Legit. That's 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 my opinion on that. That's my opinion on that. So they need to add another one. I like the addition of Derrick Collison. I would really, really like the addition of Derrick Rose. That would be an incredible addition for them and something that would probably put them over the top, to be honest with you. They're that good. It's that neck and neck with the Clippers, but their advantage is in shot creating. So the Lakers have to figure out a way to get them some, uh, or else I can I, I don't see that happening for them. Now, we'll, we'll obviously, we'll see what happens during playoff time. It's a, it's a long ways away. But if the Clippers are able to advance over the Lakers and they win the NBA championship this year like I think they will, it will be because of that. It's truthfully what it will be. As long as everybody's healthy. That's what I personally believe. Don't let records tell you the entire story. Look at personnel. Styles make fights. That's the boxing that's the boxing cliche, right? Styles make fights. Styles make fights in the NBA too. Certain teams are going to match up different with other some teams are going to give trouble to other teams. That's just how it works in the NBA. So we're going to see how it goes. Personally, I believe the Lakers need another shot creator out there on the floor to help them take pressure off LeBron and the playmaking he has to do on the floor. This is the what, man? 10th t- episode. Yes, one. 10th episode of Sideline Saturdays. And it's the first of 2020, which will be a long, long year of episodes. And we're not just going to talk about the NBA. You guys, people that view, we talk about music, we talk about politics, we talk about all of that, different different um, social issues in the world involved. And we've all heard those episodes. Those are all very, 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 very good episodes. You should check them, check them out if you're new to this whole thing. Check those out. We got 10 episodes now up. And if you like this episode, go on Twitter, Sideline Saturdays. Go follow us on YouTube. Type in Sideline Saturdays, capital S on Sidelines, capital S on Saturdays. You will see it pop up. And you press that subscribe button because we we, we, uh, we need them subscribers, man. We're trying to make some money around here, bro. A nigga, a nigga broke. And Spotify. Check us out on Spotify. And if you don't have any of those things, if you're not a YouTube person, which I don't know who that is. If you're not a Twitter person, if you're not into that type of stuff, if you're if you have a flip phone or some shit. I don't know, or something like that. Go on ahead and go get the Anchor app. If you don't like none of that stuff, and check us out, view us on there. If you want more NBA analysis, if you have questions, get at us on Twitter, get at us on YouTube. We love to debate. We love to talk sports with people. We love to talk basketball and try to tell our truths and the truths of the NBA and the truths of the NFL, different sports, different politics in here. We love getting fan interaction. So be a part of this. Jelani Smith, 20 years old. Mass communication major out of South Suburban College. It is Sideline Saturday's 10th episode. I'll see you guys next time on episode 11.